Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. It's that time of year again when everyone asks... What do I get my dad, husband, boyfriend, father, brother, basically any guy in my life for the holidays? Come on, you know we got the perfect gift. That's right, our favorite pants, the perfect jean, are back to take the guesswork out of holiday gift shopping for the guy in your life. Oh, and not only do they have the most comfortable pants and shorts that won't crush a guy's jingle bells, now they've also got the perfect tee. That's right. They've created a t-shirt that takes the same stretch and quality used for their jeans so a guy can now dress perfect from head to, well, ankle, because they don't make shoes. Mira, I've got the jeans, the shorts, the shirts. La verdad que it's probably the most comfortable outfit I've ever worn. And you know we like to give our listeners a little something-something. So use code PERO20 at theperfectgene.nyc to save 20% off your order. That's right. Pero 20 gets you 20% off the jeans, the shorts, the shirts, todo. So this holiday, f*** your khakis and get the perfect gift from the perfect jean. And don't forget to use the code PERO20 for 20% off your order. Hey people, this is DJ. And this is Ish. And, and this, this is season four of Pero Let Me Tell You. That's my favorite. Beaker? Beaker is my my favorite. Like, if I have to pick one, it's Beaker. I mean, I would have thought Sweetums. No, Beaker. Oh, I, I love Beaker. Like, I really, really do. I do. I like I, I like all of Muppets. With that said, everybody, welcome to episode 156. 186? 186. 186. <laughs> We're closer to 200 and you're going to put us back? <laughs> Hi, everybody. 
Oh. Welcome to Pero Let Me Tell You. How was everybody's week? I think everybody had a nice week. We had a very interesting week this week, you and I. We had a very nice surprise happen to us during trivia. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> but before we go there, before we go there, um, thank you to everybody who um, came out to trivia. Yes. 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 And we had Crocada Palooza. That's right. Yes. Uh, so Palooza, thank, you, trivia. thank you to Steph, to Burger Beast. Yes, for, uh, for having us at Croqueta Palooza. Um, that was always that's so much fun. It's always, I mean, I think I'm still working off the croquetas that I had. You know that <laughs> I actually, I weigh myself in the morning. So do I. And the next day, I, I weighed like three pounds more. Oh, I didn't even. And I was like, no. I kn- okay, I was like, okay, I know I didn't eat three pounds of croqueta, but you know. Between the croqueta, the sandwich, the yeah. mojo donut. Oh my God, yeah, the mojo donuts. Yeah. Because it's like a dream come true because it's like mojo donuts <laughs> is there and it's like. All the donuts you could have. It really is. So it's like, for those of yeah. you who have not experienced the bliss that is Croqueta Palooza, make sure to catch it next yeah. week. It, also, Eileen, if you're listening, you need to put that Nochebuena Croqueta on the menu. Yeah. It's yeah. so good. I mean, it, yes, you'd be helping out, you know, our our friend out, Seth, because uh, that's his him and Marcela's biggest event. Yeah. But really, it's it's one of the best. Like food, food related events in it's Miami. Perfectly curated. Yes, it, it, to really give a little bit of everything that is Miami food. Yeah, and what I like about it is that obviously we're there for la croqueta, but right. it's really a great evening because there's live music, there's yeah. a bar, there's dessert, there's entertainment, if you will. So you just don't have to go there, stuff your face, and leave. You know, I mean, although you could you do could. that if you want. <laughs> yeah, far be it from us to tell you not to go yeah. and stuff your face. So, so. Um, <laughs> Make sure to check it out. Well, next year. Next at this year. Point. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah. So um, yes, episode one eighty six. Yes. So yes, we were hosting trivia earlier this week, and again, everybody, thank you uh, for coming out to trivia. We're as you know trying to make trivia happen in Miami, yep. and we had like a really funny moment because we were you know we were reading the questions, and there was a question that. Or an answer that I gave to it one had of the to do with Spain. questions that it had, yeah, it had to do with Spain, and I said España española, you know, just kind of like under my breath a little right. bit, like not to me es, basically, it, right? España yeah. española, and these two people who were who came to trivia were like, oh, qué pasa, USA? They got the reference right, right away, but they were like Cuban American from Miami, yeah, so yeah. no, no biggie, no, yeah, no surprise. But <laughs> three, two or three tables down. This girl was like, oh, my God, que pasa USA? And we were like, yeah, que pasa USA? So we listen to this. We have to preface by saying this girl was. She's like, I'm Indian. So she was, you know, Hindu, like Indian from India. Like she was raised in Indiana. In the town, actually, that Buttigieg was the mayor. Right. Um, She, right. So she's Indian in Indiana. And in her Spanish class. Yep. They watched Que Pasa USA, and I was like, wow, that is amazing. Yep. So, you know, the, who was... Estamos en todo, caballero. That's the bottom and then, line. you know, I, I love that she remembered the the episode em, oh, of embarazada. when Carmen is like, I'm so embarrassed that Adela was like, embarazada, you know? <laughs> and she remembered that specifically, and it's like, wow. Because... I, I've always thought about Que Pasa USA as being relevant here and in New Jersey. 
Yeah, pockets. Pockets of places where right. you've got big Cuban. Right. Like yeah. here in New Jersey, you know, maybe LA, but Chicago, never Indiana. Indiana. Yeah, I know. And she was about the same age as us, too. Yes. So this is, you know, yeah. contemporary. It's not like they were showing this in the 70s. Yeah. So, you know. But that was a great surprise. Literally, as she said it, we were just like, you're it, going to be part of the this show. This is going to be part of the podcast. Yeah, just so you know. So, <laughs> you know that I was. Um, I was watching something this week because there. I don't know. I don't know why. If, if it's because of an, it's an anniversary, um, there there was an interview that Brooke Shields released this week. Oh yes, about uh, about her Barbara Walters interview. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the Barbara Walters interview part of it, it is what made the, the correct, headlines. Correct. Yeah, but yeah, the yeah. interview was about the Calvin Klein ads. Yeah, it was um, on. Oh God, it's Dax Shepard's. No, yes. Rob. No, it was Rob yes. Lowe's. So for uh, those of you who don't podcast. remember. We, it, it's funny because when I was thinking about this, we actually we don't remember. We, we don't remember. Firsthand. We were too young when that happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when we were kids, we were still living in the Brooke Shields kind of limelight yes. from those ads. Yeah, things had a lasted, longer shelf life, right? That lasted many years. Yeah, because Brooke Shields was definitely a, a name uh, yeah. in in the mid eighties. You know, when we were like little kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so yeah, she was still coming off of that. Yeah, th- again, things that have a longer shelf life. But Brooke Shields, was it in the early 80s or the late 70s? I Well, either in the Mahomeo. late 80s or early Mahomeo. 40 years ago. She yeah. did <laughs> she did um an ad for Calvin Klein. And what was very famous was I would say it was probably the first major campaign they did. Right. Yeah, it was actually. Yeah. She said, nothing comes between me and my Calvins. Right. And the commercials were very plain, but very suggestive. Well, right? she was how old in the she was 14, well. That, well, that's 15? what we were getting to. Oh, okay. Like the, the content is her just. There was one where she's like reading a book and she's right. like saying a quote. There's another one where she's just sitting in a chair, but it, it's very suggestive. Isn't there also one where she's topless? I mean, you can't see anything, but there, she's, she's, like, she's lying. like lying down. Yeah. yeah, they're very suggestive, right? Even right. though if you examine them at face value, they're nothing's very, happening. Nothing's happening. Yeah. And she's she was 14, 15 years old when she did right. these. And I started watching a lot of videos of her mm-hmm. because in the interview that she gave, right, she talks about how they would ask her all these questions. And so they put all these like talk shows and interviews and all these like people she sat down to talk to. Right. And they would they would ask her questions about like, oh, have you had sex? Are you a virgin? You know, like it was all sex, what are sex, you sex, thinking sex, about? sex. And I'm th- and, and you know what? So then I, I started thinking, you know what? With all like how far we've come since then. We really haven't. Well, no, in the <laughs> sense that you would never ask a 15-year-old now. Right. That. But I think with Brooke Shields, it's weird because number one. Oh my God, she was so beautiful. She really yeah. was. Number one, you know, the campaign in and of itself was quote unquote sexy, right? Maybe if it wasn't sexual. But remember also she was at that point coming off of having starred in Pretty Baby. Where she played a, she was twelve years old in the movie, and she was playing a twelve-year-old prostitute. So this is also an actress who, I'm not, I'm not, I, I, don't right. don't take this the wrong way, but a lot of her her public persona, for better or worse, was kind of wrapped up in a sort of weird right, sex. but that, right, but that was I could see a movie still being done of that, but I can't see a major anything. Hiring a fifteen-year-old nowadays to be topless—not uh, not even topless, just to be suggestive, suggestive, suggestive. suggestive. 
right? Right. Like that would not happen now. So that's why I tell you that it's one of those things that like, you know, we talk about a lot of times these movements and sometimes, you know, you say, well, have they taken it too far? Which I don't believe they have, but sometimes it's like, okay, well now you can't talk about this and you can't talk about that. But, but that's definitely one of those things that like, when you really stop and think about it, I mean, they shouldn't be asking a 15 year old girl or boy, you know, a child, a child. Yeah. Yeah. These questions like, are you a virgin? You know, what do you think about? Like that's, Toll that is like beyond inappropriate. Yeah, yeah. You know, Any, anything under eighteen, you're a child. I mean, let's just let's just call it what it is. And, yeah, and that's just icky. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is, and it, 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 I can't. I yeah, that would not. No, that would totally not happen today. But yeah, the interview's out. So yeah, I could see them asking her that now about that in a way of like well that's what the interview was about but i'm saying but no 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 no. but i'm saying you know at the time you were you know you were a child and you know and looking back on it now do you feel it was too suggestive or too sexual and you know had you even had your first kiss or you know things like that i could see it going that route nowadays like a hindsight let's talk about what happened you know back in the day yeah so broke shields yeah she was gorgeous yeah gorgeous she had a, a yeah like she she had such a it, it, it's it's interesting because she sort of looked like the girl next door, but she at the same time was also very glamorous, g- glamorous and very. Um, she was very seductive. In, in a, I mean, I know that that's the way that they they portrayed her to yeah. be. So you're right in the sense that that was the image they built of her. But but it, 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 just gorgeous. I think she, she was very poised. Yeah. And very mature in in a way, you know, the way that she would conduct herself in interviews and things like that. But then when you hear the stories about her her mother, there's a reason. What's she the whole thing with her mom? Her mother was tremenda, like a golica and stage mother, and you know, a, a, a terror to work because with. She talked and, a lot about her mom, but they didn't get into the story yeah, about her mom. Yeah, it, it's a well known that uh, Terry Shields was like just the she, did she pass away i believe she passed away a few years ago um she was like the stage mother from hell she you know she was her manager she was an alcoholic so it, their relationship was very complicated and yeah. from a young age so again that may be also why she seemed a little more wise or mature beyond her years because she probably had to be the adult at home yeah you're right you know so so there's a little bit of that as well so I wanted to bring something up today um, that actually ties, I think, a little bit into uh, this this week's interview, which is uh, Maria Canales Barrera from Wizards of Waverly Place and Justice League Unlimited. So did you see the the Miami Herald posted in your favorite, an op-ed? About the Latinx? About Latinx and don't. Don't call us I Latinx. You were just it pulling up. it up right now. I literally have the because article. I was going to talk I have the article right okay. here. Go, so like... Because I was going to talk about it too. <laughs> All right. So it's an op-ed. The Herald came out this week. Um, I actually I actually posted a comment about it. Oh, did you? Yeah, and people... Go ahead. Okay, okay. So we'll, we'll just kind of dive into it. Um, so I'm looking for... So according to this article, there was a recent new national poll by Bendixson and Amandi International. Right. Which Do you is, know who Amandi is? No. Right. He's here from Miami. Um... He he's very involved in politics and he's a pollster. He's very okay. well respected. Okay. Um. So it has a very credible source. Okay, that's yeah. what I figured. Um. And it's and it's a Miami-based Democratic firm mm-hmm. focusing on Latino outreach. So they surveyed 800 registered voters of Latin American descent. Uh, it was conducted in mid-November, so this is very recent, and found that only two percent. Described themselves as Latinx, which is the gender-neutral term for Latino that you know has made its way into the media 
um, for, for lack of a better way of phrasing it. Um, it says that the term was unpopular no matter the age or political affiliation of the respondents. Uh, 68% preferred Hispanic or Latino Latina was 21%. And then they even went so far as to say, um, you know, 40% said Latinx bothers or offends them. And 30% are less likely to support a politician or organization that uses the term to discuss the members of that community. Now, I bring it up, number one, because <laughs> we're Latinos and so Let's bring up Latino things. But this is something you and I have said ad nauseum Mm -hmm. on this show, which is, at the end of the day, whatever you want to be referred to, let me know I'll refer to you as, right? Like, I'm nobody to tell you what your identity is or is not. Mm -hmm. But this whole Latinx thing, it just seems like... We're, we're we're like let's go create something and the and there was a statement in there which I put my phone away so I don't remember exactly but it's like so in an effort to include everyone we've decided we're going to anglicize ourselves mm-hmm. you know and, and disregard the native language with from which it comes right. and from and they make the whole argument about Latine that if yeah. you really want to have like a a gender neutral which already exists with Latin by the right. way Latin is there right just use it so um. But I just thought it was it was fast, and then they even say they're like you know, or even or as we do in Miami, call someone Colombian, Peruvian, Cuban, Puerto Rican, Venezuelan, you know, like go go that route. So when the minute I saw it, I was like, okay, I know you're not a fan of op eds <laughs> in general. It's not that I'm not a fan. It's not that I'm not a fan of op eds. I think op eds serve their purpose. But you're I tired of everybody I, having an op ed every right, 10 seconds, right? Yeah. Like I I get most of my news from NBC.com, and it's like every every other thing, every other yeah. headline is an op ed. Right, right. And it's right. like okay, I'm going on here to get news. I just want a headline. I, I wanna, just want a headline. I, I, yeah, I, give, I want give me news. facts. Yeah. Um, I mean, an op ed like this, th- this is something that, that is should, worthy right, of an op ed. Right, right, right. right. Um, so, well, you know what I think about it. <laughs> I, I know you and I are not fans of the term. We are not fans of the term. And and we've always said this time and time again. You know what's interesting? Do you know the very first person, I, the first time I ever heard that song, or that word was from you? Really? Yep. It was an article that you read to me a few years back, and it was somebody who was transgender. Mm-hmm. And they wanted to use the term Latinx. And I understood it. I was like, okay, right. I get it. I still think you could use the word Latin, but I'm not a transgender person, so I'm not going to tell you how I, to feel, right? Yeah. How to feel, yeah. and I'm right. I'm not in that space, so I shouldn't be taking that space, right? right, right? right. I'm not going to dictate what you right. need to say, right? Um, and I was like, okay, well, you want to call yourself Latinx? I mean, call yourself Latinx, okay. and I I've always said it, you know, asterisk. I will call you whatever you want <laughs> right. me to call you. If you want me to call you Latinx. I will refer to you as Latinx, and that's fine, and that doesn't bother me whatsoever. My problem comes when you want me to refer myself as Latinx and give me shit or question my how progressive I am because I prefer not to be called Latinx, and I don't, and I'm not going to. Because right. I'm not, I don't identify as Latinx. I identify as Latin, and well, I have always actually. You and I have always said Hispanic. I. Is, I have always our... said Hispanic, but I have always used the term to describe myself as Latin because Hispanic is one of the. I've never identified with the word Latino, but right. I've never really here in Miami. Everybody says Hispanic, so I've always, I've always used Hispanic because that's what we use here too. But okay. I've never really also like taken that one with open arms either. Okay. So I've always referred to myself as Latin. I was just, I would say I'm Latin. Right, I'm right. Latin, you know, or Cuban. 
Cuban. Or American. Yeah. Right. But if you know, you don't want to talk about like you an know, umbrella. An umbrella. I'm right. Latin. That's the word I always used, which is gender neutral. <laughs> it is. It's right there, people. <laughs> like, like I, I and the whole argument of Latinx is we need a gender neutral word. Well, one exists. Right. So <laughs> I think that it, it just it really really bothers me because it, it's it's something that is being shoved down your throat and it, it I don't think that it has with the exception of people that are transgender that want to use it for that term and again I understand or, or gender fluid right, or right right but or non-binary. The, the the way the term is being used or they want it to be adopted generally, right, right, serves absolutely no form of like what is the advancement? Okay, now we're called Latinx. So like okay, now what? so now what? So okay, okay, we're all Latinx people. Okay, so what does that mean? What does that mean? So are are we like passing immigration reform? Are we uh, <laughs> are the eleven million undocumented uh, people in the United All States? All of a sudden, they're citizens. Are they citizens? Are we <laughs> right, like right. Well, what are we doing with this great new you right, know right? It's a, it's, term. It's, it, it's, a re, like, it's a rebranding that serves no purpose. Right, and then here to you to what you're saying, I'm going to. I'm going to read something. So you said you posted something on yes, Twitter. Yes, because I generally, you know, in 186 episodes, I've made it very clear on what I think of Twitter. And I don't like Twitter. Twitter is evil. It's vile. It's gross. It's disgusting. I have to have Twitter because I'm involved in right, politics. The, the political world. Um, in the political world. So I just have to have Twitter. But sometimes, <laughs> even me, that I practice <laughs> restraint. And I'm... You, yes, you, and you know that I, I really can restrain Listen. myself. The amount of times that I know you want to unrestrain yourself and don't right, right. is so, innumerable. So someone said something. Where can you check your freaking tweets? I freaking hate Twitter. Like One more reason to hate Twitter, damn it. I said something. Okay, here it is. So... To, in response to the Miami Herald article okay. on how, I'm sorry, the Miami Herald op-ed mm -hmm. based on the research Correct. And, and the poll Which that I, they had I taken. I do think 800 people is a, all things considered, is a very small sample right. size. It is, it is. But the, but the, the findings are not surprising. No, but I would, again, this is now I'm putting on my marketing hat, right? Where like, if somebody was to come to me with a sample size of 800, I'd be like, I don't know if I'm willing to make an entire decision. Yeah, fair no, enough. An entire decision on my budget based on 800 people. So somebody, for some reason, this, this little Nugget of joy. <laughs> just got to me when they were talking about. Um, so you replied to somebody who replied to the article. To the article. Okay. So somebody put okay. Tom... On and it's not Tom from MySpace. Tom from Twitter put in response to the Miami Herald op-ed okay. about people not wanting, not caring to use Latinx. Mm -hmm. He said, "I guess we should let Miami make decisions for everyone." Now, when I saw th that tweet, for some reason, set me on fire. Right? So <laughs> this boy Tom, is on fire. I look up Tom, and Tom is a white guy from you know Nebraska. the Bay Area. Okay, okay. from the Bay Area. Okay, you know. So I'm, like, cosmopolitan. Yeah. so I'm like, right, so a white guy is telling me. Right, you're going to white explain And my heritage, you know, what we should be right. called. You should right. ask him how he feels about um, Che. Right. You should, right, I'm sure he right. has a opinion. While he's having pap spear. Right. Anyway, right. Um, so yeah, he puts, guess we should let 
Miami make decisions for everybody? My reply was, not at all. But there are over 5 million people in South Florida who are from Latin America, and I think we play a huge part in the conversation. If the term is used in your area, great. But here, but don't be mad that here it's not used. Right. Right? So, again. Did you set off a Twitter, a Twitter storm? Yeah, there are other responses from there so again if you want to use that term because if i don't know it because for whatever reason for who whatever cares? reason who cares great use it. i will call you but don't give me shit for not using that term and again we've said this a million times in miami and i think that you know people always talk about like oh hispanic people in miami latin people in miami whatever 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 yeah we have one of the large we have i can't imagine I mean, with the exception of maybe California and the LA area and, you know, in Texas, right. we have to have one of the largest. We're top three. Uh, for sure. For sure. And, and most importantly, it's extremely diverse. That okay, is true. Yes. The majority of Miami is Cuban, but there's a lot of Colombianos. Venezolano. Venezolano. Dominicano. Hondureño. Eh, Nicaragüense. Nicaragüense. Yeah. Eh, 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 Dominicano. Colombiano. Aquí, aquí hay de, de todo. todo. Eh, I mean... Yes, there are a lot of Cubans, but you know, the freaking, only ones I don't trip over often is Uruguayos. I don't really, I haven't met many Uruguayos. Flagler is all, it's all Nicaragüense. Like, yeah. it's, I mean, there's a lot of people, and here, here, nobody does that whole Latinx thing. Here, tú eres colombiano, tú eres yeah. Nicaragüense. You, the people don't even say Hispanic or Latin. They're like, I'm Colombiano. Yeah, it's like, oh, where are you from? That's it. I'm Colombiano. Are you freaking. Colombians gave the greatest gift ever, which is pan de bono. I mean, oh, that's true. God bless you all. You know, when I have a pan, pan de bono, which is a few times a week and I shouldn't, I'm like, oh my God, que viva Colombia. And you're not thinking of them as Latinx. No, I'm thinking of them as Colombian <laughs> because that's what they are. And that's what they want to be. And that's what they're proud to be. And that's. You know, I mean, I mean, yeah, again, it, it, right, and and then it's like, okay, does anybody in Latin America, you know, which I think they're the ones who should set really the bar, set yeah. the bar. Does anybody wake up in the middle of the day? Yo soy, la, yo soy Latinx. That is an interesting question. I yo soy think. Latino. That is an interesting question. I, I could see them saying Latino Latina. I could see them, but saying they don't. That. That, but but they, but I could see. Okay, but I'm saying I could see that one if you're. Sp- if they're if they're in a platform where they're speaking to the Latin experience, blah 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 blah. blah. In the United States, not in their home country, right? Well, in their home country, they're right. They're, in your home country, that doesn't exist. They're whatever they because are, because right. whether it's Latinx, Latin, Latino, Hispanic, those are all uh, those are all social constructs from the United States, from from right. American that, society that we created to kind of lump into a, right. a, a right. group. Right. Nobody in Peru says I am Latino. No, you're Peruvian. Yeah. The only <laughs> exception is when Talia sings "Mujer Latina." <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, <laughs> but you know that is always the exception to the rule. Yes, <laughs> right. But you know she does sing "Amor a la Mexicana." That's tr- yes. You know what? She balances it. Out. Right. Yes, that's true. That's her contribution. Have you ever heard of Q? I mean, our people. Have you ever heard of like I've asked this to my parents? I'm like Latino. Yo nunca oí esa palabra hasta que llegué aquí. That makes sense. Right. So, so over here, they have an obsession with terms, you know, with boxes. boxes. And then, you know, now it's, you know, the same conversation that we have now with the gay community. Now, all the gay community all of a sudden is queer. Like, you yeah. know. It's and, like, and that used to be a derogatory term. That used to be a derogatory term. Now, I sort of like the whole, like, we're taking back the term. <laughs> right, 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 right. Like, right. I sort of like that. Right. That's like, okay, we're not going to be defined by right. this We're not going to let you we're, make we're, it a, right, right, we're going to own it. But right. now all of a sudden, it's like, oh, we're queer. Like, queer, queer. It's like, what happened? 
happened to the term gay? Like now, like you say gay, does that like does that make me you're now like a dinosaur, an older millennial? Like yeah, you're, you might as well be a boomer, <laughs> right? Am I a boomer now? You know, because 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 you say gay instead I say of queer gay instead of queer. Yeah. You know, like I don't know, and it's like who who writes these memos? Like that is true. When is this decision Who writes? Made? Because I think that you and I are pretty much in the pulse of things, and sometimes we miss these. We memos. miss these memos. We it's do. Like, who wrote this memo? Like, when did we, we <laughs> decide that this is as a collective what we're going to do? Are. Yeah, yeah. I I just again, it's one of those things where like, dude, and what bothers me is is even more so that they keep like again, it's like the, the the op-ed says, you know, they're trying to make it happen like fetch. It's like Mean mm-hmm. Girls, you know, where. There was literally, what was, there was an article, a headline that they used as well. The headline was, Hispanics now qualify for Latinx scholarships. Are you serious? It, it, yeah. It, it's, like, it's like, yeah, they always did. It's right. it's the same same thing. It's not, you know what I mean? So it's like, there, there's such a, there's this impetus to show how woke you are that nobody's taking a moment. And this is not just for this. This is across the board. That nobody's taking a moment to step back and be like, what are we waking up for? Or from what are we? What are we? What is this rush to be woke? Is it necessary before you start just blanket term using things without even understanding what you're what you're what you're talking about? That's what I tell you. Like, okay, so we're using the term Latinx. So how is this in the betterment of the Latinx community? Okay, so we have a name now that we like. Okay, so right, like you said, aside from the aside this from is kind of like this and, is kind of like binary, you know, in Finding Nemo when the fish are able to get out of the tank oh, yeah, and in the dentist office, <laughs> and, like, now and, what? They, and they land in the bay, but they're all in plastic bags, and they're like, <laughs> now what? This is sort of like that. That is a great comparison. <laughs> this is sort of like that. Okay, we're Latinx now. Okay, we're Latinx. Okay, okay. Amor a la Latinx, uh-huh. como dice Dalia. <laughs> now what? So no, what do we do? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's not, and I think um, in a weird way, there's, there's this, again, the attempt was to create a term that would somewhat unify us. But the problem with the unification is that, as we have said over the course of 186 episodes, we're not a monolith. I, I have always. And the only thing that really, I mean, look, there, we have shared values and shared language, but. I've I've had this conversation with you many times. I don't know if I've said it on the podcast. I have always, 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 always had a problem filling out applications and boxing myself in, right? right? Because we're talking now within the construct of the United States. Right, of course. Right? My skin color may be white, but I'm not white. Right. I'm not white, right. nor D- demographically. Do I, nor do I consider myself white, nor do I want to be white, nor do I, nor do I um, assimilate, nor do I feel part of like what white Caucasian is in the United States. I'm not. First of all, I wasn't even born here, right? Right. So there's you know, that. There's that, right? <laughs> um, but I don't identify. But even if there was, right. I don't identify with that whatsoever. So okay, so I'm not that, right? Right, and then. Again, when the, when then the box is like Latino, whatever, Latino, Hispanic, whatever. I, I, I've always had a problem with that because you are trivializing 
24, what is it, 24 countries in Latin America plus, I don't know. Spain. Uh, and, yeah. No, 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 like Cuba, Puerto Rico. So that's like in the Dominican Republic, Republic, like like three, four. Like, like 30. Uh, let's put 30. Right. You are trivializing 30 different countries that of people that, yes, we have shared experiences. We, we share the same language. We, we share the same language. Most of us are Catholic countries, you know, whatever. There's obvious similarities, right. but each country has a completely different culture, you know, and right. different norms and all that, which is a great thing. So now you're lumping this entire group of people together for your purposes, not for our advancement. You're, you're doing it for right. your purposes and I'm talking as an American collective. Right, right. You're doing it for your purposes and to make things easier for you in terms of figuring out demographics. I've always had a problem with that. I've always had a problem with right. that. I get wanting to lump us together, even just from, again, I'll put on the marketing hat. You know, it's easier for from a marketing perspective to be like, okay, this is what Hispanics consume this is what you know media wise and when we're looking at ratings this is you know ratings of you know african-american hispanic asian like i understand the, the but, 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 i understand but, but, the knee jerk from a data collection okay but let me ask you this though but I mean, and, and i don't know if this is too deep for this conversation <laughs> do you think that that's a chicken and an egg argument because do you think that in terms of data let's talk about marketing in terms of data do you think that latins hispanic latinx whatever all these latin american countries and cultures and people mm -hmm. do you think that we're all lumped together and when we come to the united states we just like okay so we're latino and we kind of ourselves fall into that mold well, I, so do you see yes. how it's a chicken and an egg argument i think there like, is i think there is a bit of that but well because again like you were just because saying, we assimilate well, because this is what we're supposed to be well, now that we're well, here in the u.s but, but like you were literally just saying like the u.s is all about filling out forms so if every time you fill out a form the the option is you know well i'm not asian well i'm not black right I'm Latino. Right. Okay. But but even even so with that after a while of all these uh, you know after a while you just kind of go with the flow. Right. And and it's just it's it's just so frustrating because it it's just it it again it waters down the cultures of each country and it's mm -hmm. it's really annoying. And you know, if you want an example of that, which I think this is it's fascinating, but it goes to what we're talking about. Like a few years ago, I remember I don't know if it was you or it was my cousin Roger who's in media that told me that for example, people in Espanol, they have a cover in the West Coast oh, yes, yes. and a cover in the East Coast. Yeah. And I'm like, because we are different. Yes. We are and it's not that one is better than the other, one is right and one is wrong. We it's, are different. It's but the thing is that you want you want us all to be one. And 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 we're not. And that's that's a good thing. And that's okay. That's yeah. a good thing. Yeah. That's a good thing. That that's not it's we're not trying to be one like we're not talking about like being one as like in peace and unity. We're talking about like right. in terms of individualism <laughs> of, of each country and right. each culture. No, like men of my you know the Asians have it worse. Oh yes, actually, Asians is worse because Asians. I can tell you. I mean, I've, my background's multicultural marketing, and you know, w again, there's horrible thing. You know, there, there's good ways to market and bad ways to market, and I've seen it all. But whenever it comes to the Asian, like there are literally specialty agencies that work just to target Asian Americans because at least we have the common language. Right. When you're talking Asian Americans, like was it Eastern Asian? Is it China? Is it Japan? Is it the Philippines? Is it Vietnam? Like. And they're all, like Pacific, Pacific Pacific Islander is is different. Like so, there's so much more differences. I actually know because 
I have two very good friends. That one is Filipino, the other one is Vietnamese, and they hate the term Asian. Really? They hate it. They hate really? it. They hate it. Now we kind of, you know, we're jokesters, so oh, yeah, yeah. so they kind of take it like, you know, tongue in cheek in a way, in, uh, in, yeah. in a way. Um, you know, my friend, she's like, because you know, I'm the Asian girl, but they don't like it for that reason. For that reason, because she's like, oh, you know, people think I'm Chinese and I'm not Chinese. Right. I'm Vietnamese. I speak a complete, completely different language, completely, completely different, different culture, culture, completely different food. Like has nothing to do At with all. China, you know, yeah. but it, and and actually, you know what? You're right. I think they even get it less. And then I feel that probably from again, we're talking from an American standpoint, right. American society understands Asian society even less than they Chinese understand. food. That's it. Right. Maybe they, Japanese because of sushi. Right, that they understand the Latin community. Like if they, if you think yeah. we, they have us figured out wrong, imagine yep. Asians. Asians. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's 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 not. We don't have the answers. Is the is the ultimate no, takeaway here? I've always, but I, I tell it's you, frustrating. But but you know, I've told you this. I have always struggled with that box. I have always. I remember there was a time in my life I would put other. Because I'm like, I'm not going to be defined by I a box. I remember that. You remember that, yeah. I hope you didn't do it when I'm playing for scholarships. <laughs> but no, but I say that, and I'm glad you said that. You remember that. So you... Yeah, yeah. It's so not, people it, know it, that. It, for me, this has always been an issue. This is not new. This right, is right, not right, new. Right. It's not about I, Latinx. I've always <laughs> been very opinionated about this. Yeah, yeah. That it's like, you're putting me in a box. Like, why am I in a box? Like, Yeah. So now you know what? I'm going to be in an other box. Exactly. <laughs> I'm going to be in a box where you don't know what it is. <laughs> I could be Slovakian. <laughs> I could be... Antarctican. Oh, <laughs> just you want your part penguin? <laughs> That's the only thing that lives in Antarctica: penguins and polar bears. Antarctic? Is that even a word? Antarctican. I'm, I'm. Well, I. I mean, I guess in theory it would be right. I'm Antarctican because you're North American, South American, Chinese, Australian. I'm. Just, I'm just going down the like list of like how. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, Antarctican. Okay. Today I heard something. <laughs> That blew my mind. Okay. And I can't remember where I heard it, but it blew my mind. God. So they were talking about like the inconsistencies of English, English language. Okay. And how, you know, we have 21, 22, 23, 31, 32, 33, 41, 42, 43, mm -hmm. 51, and on and on and on. Right. Why don't we have 10, 1, 10, 2, 10, 3, 2. 10, 4, 10, 5, instead of 15, 16, 17. Oh, oh, yeah. 10, 1, 10, 10 2, 10, 10 3, 3, 10, 4, 10, 10, 10, 5, 8, yeah. 10, 8, 10, 9, 20. Why? Yeah. I don't know. Okay, can we solve that one before this whole Latinx thing? Like, yeah. let's, let, let's, put, let's prioritize people. Yeah. We need to figure this one out. It, does that have to do with the fact that we don't use the metric system? I don't know. Like, is that... <laughs> Do you know that I think? Does that tie back to I that? Think, you know how we like how Americans are always looked at as like oh freaking Americans. Yeah, yeah. You know, all <laughs> oh, they think they're so like whatever. I think that that that's something people never talk about. But if you want to talk about the biggest finger this country has given to the, the world, world, is the fact unit of measurements that we are like no. nope, we are not using the metric system, which is used in every single country in the world. Except here. We're like, no, thank you. <laughs> I love this meme that I've seen it a, a few times I think you already, mentioned it. Yeah. That it was like a huge like crater or hole that 
happened in an interstate and the headline wrote oh hole hole the size of four washing machines opens up in whatever interstate and somebody was like there you go americans using anything but the metric system (laughs) (laughs) yeah i but you know what it's complicated the metric system no because you know what i also see it from like obviously i have an american bias right so (laughs) yeah we grew up with because like for example in Celsius, 30, I think it's like 100. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because, yeah. yeah. Well, growing up. Right. Si tiene 29, tiene right. de templanza. De templanza. Yeah, right. exactly. So, like, 29, 30 is like 100. But in Fahrenheit, 100 is 100. But to me, it makes sense that 100 is, like, hot. Uh, bec- right, 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 right. 30 doesn't sound like a hot, hot number. Hot number, right? No. You know, I, you- yeah, no. I think, you know, I blame 90s boy bands. <laughs> But do you understand what I'm saying? Like, like okay, esta 99. Es, que that, calor. Eso tiene cal- right, 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 right. Not like, oh, esta 27. Like, I'm like, no, it's not. I'm not wearing 27. <laughs> right? Like, but like, that's such a non. That's so not a cold number. It's, yeah. A hot number, sorry. Yeah, it's 27. But like 100 is like totally. Yeah, like you would never have a radio station called Hot 92. It's always Hot 105, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So. The metric system. You know that we tried to, the U.S. tried to go In metric, the 70s, right? In the 70s, and like all hell broke loose. Can you imagine now? Do <laughs> <laughs> you imagine now? Oh my God, are you kidding me? Like, you're discreet. Well, 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 well. The story, I have a little story to share. Um, share your I. So Ish and I, we're not going to tell our age, but we're at an age where, you know, <laughs> it's kind of like when Brittany sang, I'm not a girl, not yet a woman. We're old enough to remember the 80s. Right. You know, <laughs> we're still young, but we're not, you know, spring chickens either. Right. 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 Um, so we're kind of in that age where we kind of already see things from a, a more mature perspective, but can still hang with the kids. This is true. Um, I will drink you all under the table. And the other day there was, I, I was in a meeting and... Uh, we were talking about different things, and um, we were talking about uh, an app and um, a program that we use, and whatever. We have to get certain data and certain oh. reports from <laughs> this program. And, you know, listeners, like a lot of times, you know, when you want to run a report or something, you get the report and it just has so much data yeah. that you're like, but I just need this number. I need, this like a line. Simple number, and you yeah. have to go through oodles and oodles of data to get Never that mind that you had to wait. A long ass time for the report to generate. Right. So I said something along the lines of in this meeting, I'm like, well, <laughs> I just make note of what it I is. Literally, I, I literally write of. it down. I literally paper. write one, two, three. Right. So then at the end of the day, I'm like, oh, I have 24. Like, right. and I wrote 24. Boom. Report. I put it in my report. 24. Done. That took me like literally half a second. And this person that was like talking about the reports, who's like, I don't know, 22, was like, wait. Am I, you know, when I was talking about the way that I do it, she was like, wait, am I expected to count? And this was in a meeting. And I said, you know, I'm just not going to answer that. It's best you don't. No. So. Yeah, those are those moments where you realize you're not 20 anymore. Right. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. Because I could count. I could (laughs) I could count and I could question why it's not 10, 1, 10, 2, 10, 3, 10, 4, 10, 5, 10, 6, 10, 9, 20. Oh my God, that's awesome. So, yeah. 
Uh, well, you know who else can count? This week's guest. Okay. <laughs> I'm just saying, I, I had no transition other than that. So I really hope that she can count. She can count. She's gone a long way. She has gone a long, gone way. A long way. She has gone a long way. She's a... A Miami girl, uh, born and raised in Hialeah, as you'll as you'll hear in the in the interview. So, as I mentioned earlier, Maria Canales Barrera is our guest this week. You may know her as playing the mother on Wizards of Waverly Place, or if you are a fan of the animated series Justice League, she was a voice of Hawk Girl. Or if you watched Maria Elena, uh, yeah. the telenovela, she was on that too. Mira, many she, years you want to talk about career retrospective? <laughs> she was in una novela con Lucia Mendes and in a sitcom with Selena Gomez. I That's mean, it. What more? What more do you want? When you have those bookends, yeah. You... And she was in an episode of The Big Bang Theory. Yep. Yeah, yeah. That's it. And Fuller House. And Fuller House. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So you know, that's it. We've we've got Maria. We've got your retrospective ready for you whenever you want. So, without further ado, here's our chat with Maria Canals Barrera. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said, "What the f are you talking about? You insane Hollywood ass." So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If. Only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Okay, vamos a ver. Turkey, corn, yuca, potatoes, lechón, maduros. ¿Y tú qué haces? Aquí, making a list of all the food I'm going to need this holiday season. Yeah, tremenda lista. Bueno, I know where you can get everything on your list and more. Sedanos. Of course. Sedanos has everything we need to make our traditional holiday dishes, whether that's un flan or, you know, stuffing. Uh-huh. And you can even place an order to get all your holiday dishes fully prepped and cooked. Así, you know, you don't have ningún trajín of cooking y todo reguero. Okay, that sounds like a great idea. I'm going to check out sedanos.com to find one nearest me and the sales for the week. So visit today. After all, Sedanos has the flavors and savings you love. Oye, mi gente. So, as we mentioned before the break, we are here with native Miamian, star <laughs> of Camp Rock, Wizards of Waverly Place, Cristela, and my personal favorite, Justice League and Justice League Unlimited, Maria Canales Barrera. Thank you so much for joining us, Maria. Thank you, Ish. It's my pleasure. Now, listeners, obviously this is an audio medium, but I have to tell you, Maria looks fabulous from head to toe. I mean, it is like... Thank you. <laughs> I got to tell you, since we started this show four years ago, there's been like our, our, our list of dream guests that we've wanted on the show. And you were one of mine from the start. So to have you on is such a like honor for me because thank you thank you so much it's very sweet you know I as I mentioned you know my favorite Justice League it, Hawk Girl you know Sh Shairo you brought so much to that character 
I mean, Thank you. it was, it was a, a, I'm a DC boy. I mean, like the, the tattoos on my body alone will tell you that. Uh, like, <laughs> but, you know, she was a B-list character at most in the comics. And she was elevated thanks to that cartoon in no small part to you. Because, I mean, you, you were that character. And so, first of all, thank you for that, for, for bringing her to thank life. Thank you. But I've always wondered, because being, you know, Cuban-American yourself and, mm-hmm. you know, again, fellow Miami girl, um, you know, this is a character who's from another planet, you know, stranger in a strange land and things like that. Did you yeah. imbue her with that that immigrant you know, mentality, for lack of a better word right now, on top of my head, that you may have grown up with, you know, surrounded by? Well, it's funny that you should say that because I had been in L.A. already several years when I had the audition, and the the sides, the pages that you read to audition, uh, were all about Shaira missing Thanagar, okay. her home planet. So I substituted my missing Miami Oh. And uh, in fact, several years ago when I was cleaning, I found the original sides, the pages that I auditioned with. And I, I thought it was so cool because I got to see my notes again and remember what I used. And I totally used Missing Miami. And I thought, you know, I missed because, you know, when you're an American of Cuban heritage, it's a very interesting situation because you are very much an American, but people see you. As, as a Cuban, and then you're so proud to be Cuban that you say you're Cuban. Right. That's, so our, that's our instinct. I say, and they say, oh, what part of Cuba are you from? <laughs> I'll say, I'll say, well, actually, Miami. You'll be like Kendall. <laughs> because for a lot of people whose parents came from a different country, you know, and that country, even though you're an American, that country is so alive at home. So I would, you know, when I, would, when I came to L.A., I didn't know that many people of Cuban heritage here. And I remember going to like a Cuban market, like they had just a few, and, and I saw like a Malta. And I was like, oh, a Malta. And I don't even like Malta, but I bought it. <laughs> and I, I put it in the fridge and I would look at it and it would give me the feels. And I never drank it because I didn't necessarily love it. And then if I'd be out and I would hear like older people talking and they had a Cuban accent, I would be like, <gasps> I would treat them as if they were family and they were total strangers. So there's this... This thing, you know, that is deep inside of us, and I brought that up to the surface. Because you don't realize how Cuban you are as a Cuban-American until you leave Miami. Mm -hmm. You think you're like, you're not really Cuban because you don't get all the the double entendres and the innuendos, and you're like, what's the word Spanish word for that? And your mother's like, niña, se te está olvidando el español. But then you, you you remember how 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 deep it is. So I jacked all that longing up to the surface. And I even got, I remember, a little bit emotional. Mm-hmm. And I used that, you know, as Shaira, Missing Thanagar, my people. And I think that that helped me, obviously, get the part. Because um, our wonderful director, Andrea Romano, she really wanted she's us to use queen. our... She's queen. I mean... She's fabulous. I mean, yeah. Iconic doesn't even begin to describe her. Yeah, she's, you know, she was an actor, and um, she's a brilliant director, and she knows how to speak to actors. Mm -hmm. And so um, she wanted us to use our real voices and not some cartoony voice, and she's great at, well, you know that we recorded together very often in the same recording studio as opposed to by yourself in a sound studio, which which, is rare. 
It is rare. And it's our job to, to make it come alive no matter what. But, of course, when you have that energy of living people there, embodying the characters and giving you eye contact, it's very exciting, especially as superheroes when you have to be, you know, super. Right. Larger, right. larger than life, very bold and full of energy and ready to ha! <laughs> Uh, and you know, I had those love, uh, that love. Um, yes, that 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 love will be eventually become a love triangle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they brought in that. No, 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 oye, tre- they had- oye, tremendo escándalo! Like, I mean, but <laughs> but I gotta say, you were probably prepared for that because I saw in your bio that you did Maria Elena, so you were used to okay. telenovela. <laughs> Do you know what's so funny ish is that I only did it because it was a job in Miami. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's so funny. People will will assume that I a couple times they thought I started out in Spanish because of my surname because I'm of Cuban heritage. But no, I'm 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 an American and I did all my work in English. But when you're Cuban, you have to be, speak Spanish at home. Thank God. Yes. So I spoke some Spanish, not a lot. And then, you know, I did the Florida Shakespeare Festival and the Coconut Grove Playhouse. I went to the University of Miami and I played all these great classic no, roles. Fellow Kane. Yes. And then there's this, uh, there's an audition, you know, and I would do commercials in English and Spanish, claro. theater in English. And then all of a sudden this novella audition comes along and they're like, oh, they're shooting in Miami and it's going to be an international cast and they're open to Latin people that are American but that speak Spanish. And so I auditioned and, of course, I wrote all my lines down in English right next to the Spanish ones <laughs> so that I know what I'm saying. It was a crash course because I got the part and it was a crash course in learning Spanish. Really? I realized, oh, my gosh, girlfriend, you don't know that much at all. But <laughs> that happens a lot down here in Miami where you – I mean, I, I, I speak Spanish well, but people Good. generally think that, oh, I speak Spanish. And it's not so much that you speak Spanish, it's that you know how to say certain things. Exactly. You know, you know how to go to La Ventanita and order the café con leche and the croqueta and the pastelito. And it's not necessarily right. that you can speak, you know, a monologue, right, to, to go back yeah. to acting in Spanish. Uh-huh. And you think that you speak it fluently because you speak it at home and you grew up with it. But when you are schooled in English and TV is in English and you are an American indeed, you are lacking when it comes to being able to, like I can improvise anything in English and in Spanish, it takes thought. Yes. So yeah, so it was a challenge. Like I took French in like middle school and in college. I'm like, why the heck didn't I take Spanish? You spoke Spanish at home. You didn't have to learn it. So anyway, that was a that was a wonderful um, experience for me in that I got to learn that girlfriend, you need to practice your Spanish. So it was like immersion for me, and it, it was fun, and it was actually the project I one of the projects I did right before I moved to LA. Oh, okay. So then, how long have you been in LA now? Oh my goodness, twenty <laughs> twenty seven years. Wow. And let me tell you, it has flown by. Yeah, really, just. Absolutely full. I moved here in 1993. Isn't that wild? You know what? I'm going to believe you because you say it, but I'm not going to believe you because you don't look old enough to have that be reality. So I'm just going to move on from that year. <laughs> and, and well, you know, I have, really I have that. You. My mom and my dad both had really good skin. So I, I have to say, I take care of myself, but it's mostly genetic because my sister's older than I am and she's got beautiful skin. And I can't say it's the Cuban genes. 
but maybe I can. <laughs> <laughs> you can't say it's not. How's that? <laughs> right, right. So, you know, on that you know, topic of, you know, you, you did the novella, you went out to LA and, you know, you've, you've had a broad spectrum of characters that you've played, right? I think it's fair to say, but, you know, you have very consistently played Latina characters and really played it in a way that I admire because you're not playing a, hi, everybody, look, I'm a Latina. You're playing a character who happens to be Latina. And I'm sure just, you know, you said you've been in L.A. for, you know, a while now. You've probably yeah. seen the evolution of, of how that has happened, right? I mean, I know we're still not fully there. Yeah, but Ish, unfortunately, it's it's the progression is so slow. Yeah. To just be considered of, for all kinds of people of different skin tones of of different backgrounds to so just be considered one of the many Americans in the room mm -hmm. without a huge application of all kinds of things tied to one's ethnicity mm -hmm. or heritage. It is still so, I mean, I know they're being forced to right now. It is shocking so much so that I don't know if you've noticed, but they have brought in actors that are Australian and British to play Americans where they have to change their accents before they have thought of the American Latino, the American Asian, the American Indian, Amer yeah. Indian person yeah. from India. You understand what I mean? Yeah. They have brought in people that had to change their accents to be, to play American. Americans. When we're right here, hello, right. we love this country. We are not foreigners. Right. There are Latino foreigners, God bless them, and there are some that are not. Right. And we are part of this American story too. Can we just be one of the lawyers? Can we just be in the in the off in the setting of the law, of the attorney's office? Can we be, and it not be a huge spotlight? on a story about immigration or a story about right. gangs and maids. I mean, it's still too slow, man. Yeah. It's too slow. The fact that I got to play an American mom that happened to be of Mexican heritage was because Disney's been ahead of its time, honestly. Oh, yes. They, they did what I have always thought acting was going to be, which is all kinds of people get to come in the room and show you what they got. And the best one gets the part. That's how it was in college. That's how I got to play Toinette in The Imaginary Invalid. Mrs. Kendall with my British accent in The Elephant Man. That's when you get to be an actor. And then you come out into the professional world. And all of a sudden, there are these boxes that you're put into. Yep. Yep. Every actor. Yep. Whether you're of Hispanic heritage or not. They put us all in boxes. The blonde, the bimbo, the smart one, the nerd. And that's what I tell actors, you know. You cannot let them do that to you. You cannot embrace it. You need to know you're a certain kind of type. What you can but, do, right, right. But don't let them limit you if you know that you are limitless. Right. You have to You have to stand so strong in that. And so, you know, with Disney, they really wanted to find a fantastic young talent. They wanted to find somebody that had that it factor. And they really opened up those doors and they got Selena Gomez. 
they embraced who she was because she was talented. Right, right. And then they went out to cast the family. And so they cast a Latina mom. But even so, they did they did not make it about the Latinaness. Again, it is something that is part of us. It is not our complete identity. As with all these labels that are so popular right now, I think we should be celebrating, accepting, noticing, seeing, mm-hmm. but it is not mono one one monolithic identity that is our model you know, on this show and we can embrace our nationalities of course i love america i love being an american i love that my parents were from cuba i love that i have catalan heritage it's all wonderful and we should all be able to be all that not just have to pick one right and even being all of that it still doesn't tell you everything that we are and we shouldn't have that pressure yeah and and, and there's there's a certain you know on one level, I get why the pressure exists because our stories haven't necessarily been told before. So the pressure from from us, if you will, is we need to yeah, embrace it. And we are more than just our background or our nationality or our skin tone. But at the same time, it's like we have to we, we do have to embrace it because the story has to be told, damn it. But then at some point, it's like can't to your point, you know, can't it just be like this is the character and there's other elements to them. You know, I remember with Wizards, there was the Quinceañera episode. Yeah. Up until that point, I can't remember. And I'm a little old to be having been watching Wizards of Waverly Place. So I, you know, but <laughs> good show's a good show. Um, you know, but That's it, right. It was a family sitcom. It was a family sitcom. It was great. I love sitcoms. And But up until that point, you know, I, I can't recall a moment where it was like, oh, no, this is the Latino part of the show where we're going to, you know, have you speak in Spanglish, which is probably badly written. It was just like, by the way, we're Hispanic, we're Latino. Part of that is having a quinceañera. Here's this episode where she's going to have that quinceañera. And then the next episode, she's going to turn her best friend's hair green. You know, that's just how this works. And I don't know if you remember also this fantastic episode where I'm trying to, speaking of, I was trying to teach Alex how to speak Spanish. Turns out she's flunking Spanish Okay. in the the episode. And I'm talking to Mrs. Hong, her Spanish (laughs) teacher, (laughs) which is fantastic. Right? Don't put people in boxes. Who says an Asian can't teach Spanish, right? Getting out of the box. You you speak French and and you're not French, so... (laughs) Exactly. And what was great was um, that wonderful phenomenon of, like we were speaking about earlier, being a first-generation American and thinking because your family or your parents are of a different uh, language, speak a different language, and they speak it at home, and you kind of speak it, it's assumed that you speak it. Well, she's flunking Spanish. And then I feel like it's my responsibility to teach her, right? And it is hilarious. I'm trying to teach her Spanish, and she's like, I show her the lamp, and she goes, Lampito? You got, you got to see that episode. It's oh a great God, episode. And I said to the I said to the writers, I said I have never seen this common phenomenon of first generation Americans having to deal with not really knowing their 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 family's language of from their country of origin and feeling the pressure to learn it especially spanish because we're such a big number yeah. uh, especially mexican americans which is what Teresa was she was of mexican heritage mm-hmm. they're they're very big numbers in the states like you've never seen that you've never seen that on television no nope. and it was done in a fun way because we laugh about it we were laughing about it earlier you and i yep <laughs> and i just love that our writers 
wrote that kind of episode. It's great when they get it. When 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 there's a right you know a, a writer's room or a creator as it were that kind of understands the nuance and I think that's ultimately what it comes down to is yeah. you know it, it's about intention and nuance because right you can say oh well this is a quote unquote. actually I, I point a lot of times to like Sofia Vergara on Modern Family you know you can point to that character and be like well she's stereotypical and this and that and I'm like in certain elements yes she's a very broad character the same way most sitcom characters are broad. But if you really stop right. and look at the fact that she's not Colombian in name only, she's a Colombian in the the the, the culture that she you know th- that she shows and the way she speaks and certain things she says, and so it's not just right. like. And she, and she really is from from Colombia, right. right? She's a brilliant comedian, absolutely. And there's room for her, and she's gorgeous and sexy. There's room for that. And that's authentic to the character that is written and that she portrayed. But that's not all that we are as right. Hispanic people or as American people. Like, there's a difference. Like you were saying, there's these different nuances and we should be able to be everything that we are. So, again, being able to be everything that we are, including just an American person. Absolutely. Disney's done that for many years before Hollywood is being forced to at gunpoint currently. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, they are. It's like, you, you know, you should change, damn it. And if you don't, we're going to make you. Which, you know, hey. Yeah. You know, change has got to come somehow. I mean, I just wish it was more organic. Me too. Me too, because I've been so, like, idealistic my whole life. Mm-hmm. Um, where, I, like I said, I thought it would be, well, we'd get a chance to go in that room and... And whoever can can do the role most convincingly is going to get it. But then I remember when I when I did really really well at this callback for this show, and the character was Greek heritage mm-hmm. from Chicago, and I did the Chicago accent. It's good. And and the lady loved it, and she was like, and she said right before I walked out the door, "Are you Greek?" <laughs> and I didn't lie, and I said, no. <laughs> and, you know, I should have lied, but I didn't. <laughs> because, again, I think whoever, whoever, I made you laugh, I made you matter. laugh the most, then you should give it to me. But they're not like that. And now I fear, see, here's, here's the thing I'm concerned about, Ish. Mm-hmm. When things are changing now, I'm thinking, oh, it's going to change where they're going to bring in all kinds of people. Right. And the best one's going to get it. But I fear that there could be some of that. But I fear what might be happening is, oh, we'll give you your piece of the pie over here. Right. Check the box, as I say. We'll give you, okay, we've got the Latino show over here. Right. Oh, it's like, oh, oh, you want uh, you want to be authentic? Okay, well then, if you are of this heritage, I want to make sure that that I don't cast a Mexican person for this Cuban role. No, 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 no. Don't make our don't make it smaller for us. Yeah. In the, the name of authenticity. No, 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 no. The way we want to be authentic is being part of the American quilt. That's what we want it to be authentic. You understand what I mean? I don't Absolutely. want you to now. S- I don't want them to segregate now. 
Right. It's, it's like Greg Yeah, no. In the I, name of representation, in the name of representation, don't put me in a little segregated box here and say, you're in the, you're under the tent. My background is marketing, and I always say, you know, my specialty is actually multicultural marketing. And many times when people claim to be doing multicultural marketing, all that means is that they went and they're like, we bought BET, we bought Telemundo, and we're done. That's it. We're, we're, look, we're covering the bases. And it's like, but that's, that's such a small part of it. It's not, you know, to your point, it's like, guess what? We watch other things. We, oh we, 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 you know, we, we have other, you know, media that we consume and, and, and all of that. So it's, it's, I, I totally understand where you're, where you're coming from with, with, with that fear. Well, you know, what's so funny is I remember when we were promoting Christella, which a great show, by the way, it was about an American girl from Texas who had a tough life who embraced her Mexican culture, was very American. I remember they had her do, again, it's misplaced. It's not, they don't mean to do it. They had her doing Spanish television. Yeah. And, and she was like, you know, that's great, but I don't know that Spanish-speaking people are necessarily going to watch it. We should, you know, definitely do all television promotion, yeah. you know, because, they again, they still think of it as a foreign, separate yeah. thing. We are not foreign and separate the american latino or the american asian or the american you know like i'm talking about all of us that have come from parents that come from another country you know and so it's still some it's fascinating because sometimes in the past i've had an audition where the character is uh of the one of a person of, of hispanic heritage mm-hmm. and there'll be there'll be people there with very like from another country. Okay. And that's great. But is the character from another country? Because I'll do it. I, I can do any accent. I've played Argentinian, Mexican, Brazilian, Italian. I can do okay. it. Can I stop you for a moment there just because you said Argentinian? I saw it on Fuller House where you played Juan Pablo Dipache's mother. He's been on the show. In what yeah. world were you like five when you had him? Because there's no world where you are old enough to be his mother. I'm sorry. I, they put that little gray streak in your hair. I'm like, sure. I no, she is not old enough to be this man's mother. I'm just well, putting that out there. Well, it's it's true that he's a little older than, and I look. He's a, whatever. He looks a little. He looks young, but he's a little bit older, and so do I. So it was kind of weird. But you know, to my credit, I said to the director, Candace. Cameron Burr, I said, listen, I'm open to wrinkles. You can wrinkle me up. I'm an actress. And she's like, oh, it's a sitcom. We'll just put a gray streak in your hair. And, it'll be fine. <laughs> and, and I said, oh, good, good. <laughs> but, you know, for film, of course. In fact, I just did a movie where Ooh. I look like complete crap. Um, and I really enjoyed it. it. It's called Seven Cemeteries, and it's with Danny Trejo. Ooh. And I play a bruja. Okay. Like, like one of those um, curandera types. Oh, okay, okay. Me- Mexican-American um, in the Southwest. That, that do- and it's got, it's humorous. It's very funny, too. It, it's fantastic. The script is hilarious. But it's also scary. It's about, it's got, I bring people back from the dead, including Danny. Um, Ephraim from from napoleon dynamite pedro plays my husband 
Oh, okay. Yes. I, he's he's great. He's so, hilarious. I bring him back from the dead, so he's kind of a zombie. And I do these spells, and this, it's and I look horrendous. No glam. And it's like, you know, it's fabulous because I'm a glamour puss. So it's great that I'm also, an, but I'm mostly an actress. And I've done lots of theater. And my husband's like, you know, just totally embrace it and i said i want to i want to so you know it's the kind of stuff where instead of fixing your flaws they make them bigger that's right. she's supposed to be like she's a cross between a bag lady mm-hmm. and a homeless like a homeless bag lady and what was the other thing like a like a gen xer oh, something really funny but she's supposed to look like you know like the director was like, "Can you give us some liver spots?" Oh yeah. Can you, can you give her more wrinkles? And I was like, "Go for it, go for it!" And it was great. It was a, it was great fun. I wore this crazy wig, and so anyway, yeah, I had a great time on Fuller House, and he's he's really funny. And again, you know, he's doing his thing. He can be that funny character, and he can also play other roles. And we should be able to play everything that we can. Yeah, I mean, listen, if 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 Juan Pablo de Pache can play Jesus, oh, can't, can't, so good. and he was so good. Like, really, like, you want to talk about no limits, right? Like, if an Argentinian can play Jesus, I think anybody should be allowed to, you know, give it a shot. Yeah, it shouldn't even matter. At all. Where, his, where he's from. It shouldn't matter at all. At all. You know what I'm saying? It shouldn't matter at all. And um, we're still working on it. They're still working on it. But, you know, it, we'll, we'll get there. But so before we close out, I just want to say, so I know you say it shouldn't matter where we come from. And I, and I agree with you. But at the end of the day, right. we are Miamians. And you have an upcoming stint on Keenan where you are playing opposite Mr. Miami Vice himself, Don Johnson. What I was know, that like? That was so cool. I've already done a few episodes. I start in season two. You'll see me. I play Loretta Lopez. I move in next door. Okay. Of course, I can't stand Don Johnson. We hate each other, and we fight, and we don't get along. And he's, but of course, as these things are, we we're madly in love. And of the reason course. we're fighting is because we don't want to be attracted to each other. Well, he's amazing. First of all, he looks fantastic. Does he looks incredible, and he's just a consummate freaking pro as well as an icon. Everything he's he's also a producer on the show. Oh, I didn't know that. And every, everything he says is like, right. Because he's so seasoned. Like, he'll say, you know, this the camera should come from here. And then they should, what do you think about this and that? And then it's like, of course, of course. <laughs> what, are you going to argue? The guy's been doing yeah, this, and, you know. And he and Keenan and Chris, like, you can see that they really get along. And they respect each other. And they're funny together. And again, it's about the people and not the color. Of course, it's part of it that he's white and they're black and, and I'm Latina. Like, but it's not everything. It's there and it's part of us, of course. But it's about the relationships and the situations and right. like life is. And it's really wonderful. I'm so excited to be part of it. I love those guys. That show, I have to say, again, I'm a, I'm a huge sitcom fan in general. So I 
I watch, you know, whenever a sitcom shows up, I'm going to watch it. And I enjoyed it so much more than I thought I was going to. Because I love Keenan since forever. I mean, I grew up with watching yeah. Keenan. But, you know, it was one of those yeah. like, all right, I'll watch it. And I found myself like every week just, okay, new episode, new episode, new episode, new episode. It, it was just so freaking funny. And in a very, I'm, I don't want this to sound like I'm being, you know, like a diss or anything, but in a throwback kind of way. Like, it is a classic family-type sitcom. I mean, it has its little adult, you know, moments and double entendres and here and theirs. But it really is a sitcom that I feel you could sit down and watch with a family. And you you don't get that a lot on network television nowadays, I don't think. Yeah, like, he's making the effort to be a good mm-hmm. dad. And it's, it's beautiful to see. Um, and it's done in a very humorous way. And, I mean, everything that comes out of Keenan's mouth and Chris Red, like, they're just... You know those people that no matter what they say, they're just funny? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Well, they probably have to go out of their way to not be funny at a funeral because... <laughs> or do you want to know something funny? My first big funeral when I was a teen, like a young teen with my sister, my mother and my sister and I were going to a funeral. My mother said, Niñas, hmm. cuando vamos a la, la funeraria, no se ríen. Oh. And my sister and I were like, pero mami, ¿cómo vamos...? ¿Cómo nos vamos a reír? Por favor, no digas eso. Sí, chicos, quiero que sepan que, que no, no es um, buena costumbre reírse en una funeraria. Pero pues claro, mami, my God, what is she thinking? So, we're looking at the corpse, and my sister goes, Mami, ¿cómo se, cómo se siente? What does it feel like, the corpse? What, what does it feel like to, when, if you were to touch it? Oh, no. What would you, what, what does it feel like, their skin? And my mother said, frío, se siente frío. And she goes, frío, frío, frío como, como, como frío, mamita, como tan, tanto frío. Frío, frío como muerto. <laughs> my sister started cracking up. And then I started cracking up. My mother's nightmare came true at the thought that she compared it to what it was. <laughs> In your defense, though, she made it reality because by making you guys laugh, she made the thing happen she didn't want to happen. She manifested she her manifest- one of her most embarrassing moments. She, it's cold. How, what do you mean cold? Cold? Cold like a dead person. <laughs> you know that's all? Like, I mean... A, a dead person is as cold as a dead person. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That was hilarious. So, that's a sitcom moment right there. You've got to love that circular mom logic. <laughs> So you were born in Miami? Born and raised Miami boy, yeah. Uh, born in Westchester. And Westchester. And Westchester. Yeah, I got my little Westchester thing, Westchester things uh, shirt on. So representing. Oh, is that what it says? <laughs> yeah. It says oh, Westchester that is things. Do you know that I assumed that it said... Um, Stranger Things? Right. right <laughs> oh, that is fabulous. Yeah. That is fantastic. Where, where did you grow up? What area? Hialeah. Hialeah, okay, all right. That's... We're all the cute West Hialeah, near Miami Lakes. Ah, okay, okay. So there was some English spoken in the neighborhood. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> once in a while, when you go to, like, Publix. <laughs> yeah, because we were near Miami Lakes, and we, we, we had all kinds. We actually had American non-Hispanics in the neighborhood. Just a few, just a few. But, just a, but that's enough to differentiate it from the rest of Hialeah. <laughs> Yeah, or was like los americanos. Los americanos. Pero pregúntale a la americana. My mother would say, la, la americana dijo que blah, blah, blah. You know, that's what they would say about somebody. 
So I remember when I met my husband out here in L.A., who is born and raised in Texas, and his parents are born and raised in Texas, but they're of Mexican heritage. Okay. And um, when and he went to SMU, right? And he knew some Cubans that went there, mm-hmm. Cuban Americans. And when I met him, and he's like, "Oh, you're you're Cuban?" I said, "Yeah, I'm Cuban." And I, he goes, <laughs> "I know we say it with such pride." We do. <laughs> and my mom goes, "I mean," he said, "He goes, yeah." He goes, are you from Hialeah? And I said, oh my no. gosh, pero, pero, pero how did you know? <laughs> Oye, Hialeah, like, la fama de Hialeah. <laughs> la fama de Hialeah llegó hasta Texas. <laughs> because he grew up with, and I grew up, he went to SMU, and the, the actors there were from Miami, like from like the, the New World School of the Arts ah, okay. and all this. And they were all from like Hialeah. So I was like blown away that he knew. He goes, that's where you guys are all from, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) He's not entirely wrong. I said mostly, mostly. (laughs) As you fanned yourself. (laughs) (laughs) I could go on talking to you for like 17 more hours. Like, honestly, it's when I tell you earlier that you were on the, the, you know, the the wish list of of guests, it was not blowing smoke. It was absolutely 100% true and it has been more even more enjoyable than I had anticipated and could have dreamed so thank you so much Ace. that means a lot to me our mutual friend Danny made this happen yes he did yes he did Danny let me say something Danny I it's funny because I have yet to meet him actually in person he's a blast I'm actually going to be in LA in January end of January February and I'm I'm yeah like okay guy Danny we need to like meet up because it's he's phenomenal like <laughs> Oh, and he can give you a tour that no one knows these things that he knows. He is brilliant when it comes to the gems that exist in L.A. and Burbank specifically. Yes, it, he seems very, beyond knowledgeable. <laughs> yes, and he's a, he's a total blast. And I'm, I'm very grateful that he helped put us together. And it was my honor to be part of your show. Oh, well, listen, as... as- as a Cuban American, as a Miami boy, as a DC Comics geek, this has been my pleasure and honor to chat with you. And and honestly, like whenever you want to swing by, aquí estamos. Thank you so much. And give my love to DJ. I didn't get to meet him. I will. I will. Un abrazo. And we're back. She was a blast like I, I i even say it it's like honestly i could have sat and talked to her for i'm like so a day and a half. I missed that interview but i know then you, again, you were off being a responsible adult yeah i was off you know trying to change the world whatever <laughs> but every now but 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 i would have probably preferred to have, yeah than having that great interview with her yeah so she was fun she was she again it's she's just one of these people who like we've said it many times there there are people who just from the minute you start talking you click and it's like Ah, okay. You you get me, I get you. We're going to get along just fine. So she she was absolutely fantastic. Yeah, Maria Elena. We need to have another um maybe we'll do it next season. Another novela episode. Another novela episode. Should we like curate the novelas that we're going to talk about? Like 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 you pick one, I pick one and we kind of come to the table with it. Well, no, we would have to pick like 10. Well, yes, but right. <laughs> because you know it's really funny that yesterday um after trivia I was talking to some friends and, you know, one of my friends was telling me, which we say this all the time, that, you know, when you grow up with immigrant parents, you 
there's a lot of things you have to find out on your own. I know your experience is a little bit different because your parents yeah. were raised here. Yeah. But, you know, like I, I've said this a million times. I didn't know. I had heard of the Beatles, but I didn't know the Beatles music. I, it wasn't until I was in high school that ABC came out with the Beatles anthology. You know, that, that you like, really that mini series that I was like, okay, I'm going to sit down and, and learn, watch. Right, right, right. And know what these Beatles are about because I can remember my parents. My parents didn't, you know, whatever. Yes. Your mother only knew about Boney M? But she didn't know about Boney M. <laughs> She did. You were learning about the wrong. You know, you should have asked her about Boney M. Right. So, um, well, anyway, she was telling me. She was like, "Oh, that's like growing up. I didn't watch American sitcoms. I watched like Rui, <laughs> like <laughs> you know, y la usupadora, y los ricos también lloran. I'm like, of course, yes, of course. Hashtag growing up Hispanic or Latinx or Latin or, <laughs> Latin or, or Latino Colombian or, or whatever. you know whatever. Um, I'm like, right, because that's what you do. You you just watch, grew up watching that. You know, that's part of the Latin experience, you know. You watch novelas. But you know what, though? I have to tell you. Actually, let me ask you something. Okay. If you had to pick between American soap operas and Spanish novelas, which one would you get? Ooh, so it's... Okay, so I've seen both. I'm actually, as, you, as I've mentioned, I'm watching Days of Our Lives now uh, again. I picked up, you know, 30 years later. Um, well, because Jack Hay is on. Because Jack Hay is on and Marlene is possessed again. So, I mean, yeah. like, you know, if there's an opportunity for Jack Hay to meet the devil, I'm in. Right. Um, as Does a rule. Oh, she did have a scene with her as the devil, oh. and it was great. Um, you know, I mean, just picture Sandra Clark meeting Satan. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, hail Mary. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Somebody say hail Mary. Um, but there is something, there's something comforting about a Spanish novela. So you would pick a Spanish novela? I would pick a Spanish novela just because it has a beginning and an end. Right. So so it's a little I can plan my life around it a little more. You know, like I know it has a shelf life, it's I, gonna I be would, over. I would also pick Spanish novelas as well because Spanish novelas I think are like everything else. You have your really good ones and you have your right. bad ones and you right. have your mediocre ones. But I think that the really good ones are really good, you know. Um especially because I feel there's so few and far between. That when they when they pop up, like because they they churn out a lot, right? But but they're they're really good, and um, you know it. The really good ones, not only. I mean, I know sometimes we laugh at like some soap operas we watched yeah. about uh, growing up, like even the Talia soap operas. But but seriously, like. Mexican culture, like, you know, what we were talking earlier right, in the show right. about, like, how we're, you know, we have a lot of similarities, but we also are very different. Think about, like, all the things we learned about Mexican culture watching, you know, That's Dalia, true. You know? That's true. Platicar. Platicar. La yeah. Chamba. La Chamba. Yeah. Uh, Magripina. Magripina. What are some other things that I learned? No, like, a, a ton of stuff. Yeah, no, no, know? I'm just thinking, like, I'm thinking but, now because it's like, I, I, but you're right. There's just certain things that... We, Everybody celebrates kings's. We were, <laughs> but there's certain things that we didn't even think about at the time that we were being exposed to. Ahora, <laughs> despierta la mujer. But um, but uh, yeah, I love Spanish soap opera. I still do. And I then, haven't seen a Spanish soap opera in forever. And then you know, like Marielena. <laughs> you know, for those of you who remember Marielena, Marielena was so uh, so much of a like a shared experience because everybody yes. in Miami watched Marielena, and that was back when you only had four channels. Yeah. So. Right, but I still believe, but but even even soap operas nowadays are still on like the major. 
Yeah, no, no. But what I mean is, but everybody, if you didn't watch it right, Monday but, at seven, but the, th- the thing about Marielena was that Marielena was shot here in Miami. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it but, had a lot of Cuban actors that were famous in Cuba. Right. But what I mean is, it was a time before DVR. It was a time before right. shifted viewing. So you had to watch Which it. Which, if you come to think about it, it was quite the feat because Marielena like, had two huge, the two leads were two huge, huge, huge stars. Yeah. Uh, Lucia Mende, Mende and Enrique Yanes were two enormous stars. Mm. Like the, they were like the biggest in mm. that genre. Yeah. But the rest of the cast were locals, locals, yeah. and people that were like famous in Cuba that had or, you know see, come see. here and all that, and somehow it worked. So well, here we are talking about Maria Elena. Oh well, and then came Guadalupe. Quien pudiera. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we need to have a. <laughs> we need to another another novela retrospective. So, so yes, it's soda time. It is soda time. I'm giving a. Big flat soda today. Oh, you've got a flat one. Okay, I got a flat two liter soda to get. All right, bring it on. No, I'm giving. I'm. I'm. I'm giving this <laughs> flat two liter soda. Like okay. I'm getting like a Costco BJ's like box. Like like beyond generic. Great. Okay. Right. To Josh Duggar. Oh yes, I I had completely forgot. Yes, yes. So for those of you who have not heard, this week it literally Josh just happened. Like as we're recording, Duggar was found guilty of child pornography. Now, let me say something. Something that I generally do not do, just me as a person, and you know this. No matter how despicable somebody is, I've never been the type of person to kick somebody while they're down. You even don't take pleasure in others' misfortune. I don't. Even if they are yeah, awful, you don't. And God knows. Even though there have been some moments, because I, I even. But that's just not who you are. That's you're, just, you're, you're not that person. Even though they're, as I said, an awful yeah. person, I'm like, you know what? <coughs> the the universe, we'll God, take care of whatever it. will see. Karma will sort you out. Yes, the legal system, whatever. But I have to say that with Josh Duggar and the Duggars, I take. I wouldn't say joy, but the irony of it is very delicious. <laughs> like, because so would it would it be fair to say you're having a moment of schadenfreude <laughs> i guess <laughs> if you want to put it that way yes um because the duggars just a little little quick retrospective um josh duggar is from the duggar family from 19 and counting you know he's the, the, the oldest son right he is the oldest the family that um had 19 kids and you know they were on tlc forever and i Another thing that I was a first on, I have been freaking, I don't want to use the word hate. Tu nunca lo masticaste ni lo tragaste. Tragaste vomitando. <laughs> I've been strongly disliking that family for you quite some time. You knew something was up. You knew something was up. For years. Yes. For yes, years. Yes. I remember when they were on TLC and everybody would be like, oh my gosh, she's still pregnant. I'm like, yeah. You're like, I go. I go doesn't smell right. Right? And I just, I don't know. I always... And not that I'm like the best judge of character in the world, right. but I always, I always saw the hypocrisy. Something's off because yeah. I'm like esta mujer para todos estos niños, so then the younger ones can raise the older ones. Right, she's right? having them to let others raise them. Right, and one thing is for you to like your kids give them responsibility and do chores and all that, but another thing it's like okay, your ten year old daughter should not be in charge of. Your, you know, your six month old kid. Your six month old kid, right? And it was only the girls. 
right? Right. So it, it's just something with the Duggars never, ever sat right with me. I think they were the hypocrisy of it, you know, that they put out themselves to be this like ultra Christian, ultra conservative family, but then they were milking the system por el otro lado, you know, right. with all these endorsements. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but you know, we love our endorsements. You know, you're not as pure as you seem See, to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then obviously the whole thing with jo- with Josh Duggar some years back, it came out that he was on what was it, Holly Holly Madison? Uh, I think it was Holly. No, no, no Holly, Holly Madison, Madison is one, one of the one of Playboy Bunnies. Um, um, the the, 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 the one site for the site that you can go on people, if you're married. Well, people would would sign up basically to find a mistress, right? Yeah. So that was like his first hooray into that and then the whole thing about how he sexually molested right. his, his sisters, sisters. Yeah. right and his parents swept it under the rug his parents lo puritano right because right. heaven forbid the golden child have any right have any and then roster. they found him with child pornography right on his computer on his mm-hmm. computer so did the devil make him do it Right, and then that was my the, my problem with the Duggars is that then and then they used their they have the audacity they used their pool or their, their pl- name their name if you will to get politically involved with like ultra like conservative Christian like right. telling you how to live your life right, right and look at what they were doing because you know what you don't know if you're you don't know what your kid is gonna do right. Fair enough. Right? Right. You don't you, you, know. You don't pay for don't the know. sins of your child. But, but oh father. yeah, right. those people, they found out that he was sexually molesting their daughters. Right. And they completely swept it under the rug. Yeah, but girls don't matter in that family. Right. They completely swept it under the rug. Girls don't you matter know? in that religion. But okay, what they should have done, I mean, that's their son at the end of the day. What they should have done is get that kid out of the house. Put him in a program. Right. Put him in, put in a program. Put in something. And they didn't. They didn't do none of that. I think they sent him like... Well, the, a, like, oh, like a, it was like a work camp. A, like a writer, like a life coach or something No, 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 no. It was a work camp. Right. But this is... A more serious thing. And it's just there are a bunch of hypocrites. All of them. There are a bunch of hypocrites. I don't buy none of that. I don't buy I, I don't buy what they're selling. I've always I was like, eh, so that's all fake. Very and, much so. And there you go. And there you go. And there's been a couple already of the Duggar daughters that have distanced themselves. Yes. Uh, the ones that have the ones that actually still have shows yeah, on right. From that because and they've said it that they don't necessarily agree with like all the upbringings they've had, you mm-hmm. know, that they had. And you know, so a big flat <laughs> economy size soda. Soda for you, Josh Duggar. And the whole Duggar clan. Ugh. Yeah, he's a piece of garbage. I, mean, I, I Jim Bob. Jim Bob, their dad, and Michelle, Michelle Duggar, you know. Por favor. <laughs> Give me a break. La gente así those are the ones that you have to fear the most. Yes. Literally. It's true. It's very true. Well, my well, we just lost the Duggar and Dor. The Duggars aren't coming on our show. They're anytime not coming soon. on our show anytime soon. Damn it! <laughs> Damn it! And I had them lined up for February for Valentine's Day. Um, so my last soda is actually going to someone who had some very bad news recently, and just this week on social media decided to share it with all of his fans, and it really touched me, and and and. Made me cry and and just in a way that I didn't think would you know happen. Um, so as some of you may or may not know um, if you've been listening for 180 episodes. I am a comic book fan, and one of my favorite comic book artists. His name is George Perez. Um, he is just he's an iconic comic book artist. He's 
co- he co-created the Teen Titan characters, Starfire, Cyborg, Raven. He co-created Nightwing. Um, he's been credited with essentially really bringing Wonder Woman to the level of respect that she currently has when he, you know, restarted her series in the 80s. Um, just, just a fantastic guy. I've met him at a con. He was absolutely delightful. He had already semi-retired from the industry because he has very bad diabetes and he had already gone blind in one eye. Mm. Um, just this week, he announced that he got some additional bad news that he has pancreatic cancer. And they gave him the opportunity to do some radiation, but he declined. And so he basically has said he only has about six months to live. Um, and so this is just someone who, like, I can recall, you know, just being such an influence, making me want to draw, making me want to, you know, I mean, like, I have freaking Nightwing's logo tattooed on my body. Like, these are characters that I've always loved. And and his, his post was beautiful enough. Um, and one of the things he said was, like, you know, I know after last year, but I, you know, everything happened, but I really hope that we can just do one last comic con where I can literally just meet and hug every single one of you. And the amount for all of the vitriol that social media generates and the hatred, the amount of beautiful comments and pictures that are still being posted to his page after that comment is just, you know, you can get bogged down in how horrible people are but you see things like that people talking about their meetings with him how you know every time there was a con they would go there how he you know danced with them at a party how he helped them with no se que cosa and it's just you know he just genuinely seemed like a really really nice person who has been dealt a horrible hand in you know health wise but he even at this point is choosing to look at things on the bright side. And if you if you you know if you read comics, his How old is he? He's in late sixties. He's not even seventy. Um, you know, if you read comics, you you've seen his influence in everything. I mean, one of our guests, one of our early guests, Phil Jimenez, pretty much his entire you know art style is is based on or you know a. a a progression of the, the George Perez style so much so that his first big break was he was brought in to finish a mini series that George could not finish um, because the two had such similar styles. So it's just, it, it just really touched me in a way that I didn't think it would, but it just made me realize, you know, those are the little things that you look back on and, and it makes you happy and you never realize how big of a part someone has played in your life, even if they don't really know you. So, you know, my last soda goes out to George Perez, um, you know, a legend and a gentleman. And I really do hope that if they do some type of coordination, because I know he lives in Orlando, um, like I would just drive up. I would just drive up and, and just, you know, I would put on my Nightwing costume and, and go up there and, and, you know, get that one last thank you to him. But maybe he'll hear this and, and you know, know that he means a lot to me and to so many others. Oh, wow. That's so nice. Especially after I gave my vitriol, like, <laughs> Duggar. Yeah. You know, when you're going to give these, like, really sentimental, like, you know. Well, better to end on mine than yours. Nice last sodas, like, meaningful ones. You need to check mine first because then it's like, okay, I gave one to, like. Well, would you rather end on, on yours no, or mine? No, but I would have probably changed my last soda, but, you know. No, but it's supposed to, you know, it's supposed to be spur of the moment. That's the beauty of our show. I mean. I guess, I mean, he's still alive and that's, yes, yes. 
yeah. he's still here and that's what matters but yeah. you know i guess you could say life well lived you know absolutely yeah and and i've seen interviews with him where he you know again teen titans has the cartoon on cartoon network and you know he's always said he's like i had no clue back in 1980 you know whatever when i created these characters that they would take on this life of their own and still be around so um you know again i i met him once he could not have been lovelier and i now actually i have the the sketch that i had him draw sitting right above my my desk so i do see it every day when i work very nice so yeah so that's you know my last soda wraps up episode 186 (laughs) well on that note um so next week is our final episode final episode of 2021 final episode yes it is and we will be taking a break we you know for those of you who have followed us since day one we usually stop mid-december and we usually come back um the end of january mid mid to late january yeah yeah. mid to late january um we give you a break we give us a break (laughs) um but it's a perfect time to catch up on our episodes you may have missed or share those episodes with people you think will enjoy us yes so we'll give you more info on that um in our next episode and i think we have (laughs) something special lined up for our last episode we're trying to coordinate something special yes yes, so we're hopefully going to go out with a bit of a bang Yes, yes um for the year um what a year it's been and um you so thank you so much everybody for joining us we hope you lifted listen laughed and learned and remember to grab your patelito your croqueta and your cafecito and thank you so much for joining us yep that is episode 186 bye Better Let Me Tell You is co-hosted by Darian Borges and Ismailiano, produced by Ismailiano, and our theme, Better Let Me Tell You Freestyle, is composed by Michael Angelo Lomlaplex, the official gay guy. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues 
your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. 